Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting, especially considering what a big week this... I feel emotional. I feel emotional and I can't start crying yet because we've got a literal hour left of me talking to you. There's so many things I have to tell you about. But I didn't realise I felt emotional until I started recording. I think I do feel more emotional than I think I feel. But anyway, my birthday is on Saturday. Today is... Wednesday, no, today is Thursday, my birthday is on Saturday, and this week has just been pretty mental, I can't lie, like, since you last heard from me, I was like, oh, I'm gonna get my feedback back tomorrow, I wonder how it's gonna go, I was silently confident, okay, I know I was playing like, oh, you know, hmm, wonder what it could be, no, I was confident, okay, I had worked really hard, really, really, really hard, and I was like, you know what, I am low-key submitting a masterpiece. And when I said this to mum, she was like, you fully expected her to say it was going to be perfect, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. I thought it was perfect. Only to be met with absolute shock when it turns out something in the very beginning of my analysis was incorrect. And so everything I'd done was incorrect. And so I had to change everything. Absolutely everything and it ended up not being as horrific as I thought because I thought I was gonna have to like rewrite my method rewrite like rewrite everything and ended up being able to reword things in a better way and like basically I managed to do it but it has been an awful week a week where I have just not really slept I'm starting to like I'm waking up tired my head is hurting all the time I'm just really stressed and it's been a hard week I can't lie it's not been a very fun one, but I managed to go home for a couple of days, which was really nice. And this was the tricky thing. I realised that if I didn't go home, I wouldn't see my family until, well, actually, that's a lie. It's ended up, I've seen them loads, but I didn't think I was going to see them until after Vietnam. And then that'll be like before my job and everything. And I was just like, I need to go home because I'm really feeling very stressed. And so when I was in Manchester, I booked a train to get home and I got to see my dad before he went to Chicago for a bit, which was really nice. And my mum just got to look after me and I think it kept me calm. It meant that I could just focus on doing the work that I needed to do. And it's put me in a good position. I think I'm going to be ready. I think I'm going to submit on Wednesday, which is also quite like a, like that's it it's done, you know, it's kind of weird, it's a weird feeling being this close to the end, like, I just hope that I've done everything right, you know, there's not, you just have to know that you've tried as hard as you can, and that I couldn't have done any more, I genuinely couldn't have worked any harder on this piece of work, I've put everything into it, and so I'm proud of myself for that, but yeah, just a bit of a blow to find out I had to do it all again, I can't lie, it's been quite stressful, but the only positive thing is now when I did do it all again, I found something very different to what I originally found and it supports all the other scientific literature. So that's a positive because what I had found was unusual to say the least. And so (laughs) I'm glad I support the rest of the scientific world now. I'm glad I'm not just... Do you want to know this stupid thing? This is how big my ego is. Rather than thinking, oh, Belly, you've probably done it wrong. I didn't think that. I was just like, wow, I must be really smart. I have found something no one else has found. Like, guys, no, okay? Science, logic. You know, if people find things multiple, multiple times, that's generally the right answer. You might find something rare, but it was very rare that I had found something. You know, I should have clocked that when I was doing it, but I didn't, and here we are, and that's and that's that, you know? That's that. We can't do anything about it. <sighs> it's been stressful. 
I don't just want to come on here and rant to you all about how stressful my life has been because I've put myself in this position, you know? I am the one who decided to do a master's and look where we are. But at least I'm in a good position for tomorrow because this was the other thing. Everyone arrives tomorrow for my birthday, which is really exciting. I say everyone, my best friend and my boyfriend are coming to stay and it's, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I still don't know what we're doing. I have some ideas, but... I'm, I'm not going to say them out loud. Oh, 11, that's an angel number. I also start the podcast at 1111. So no angel numbers to prove to myself that everything is going to be okay. I am a little bit worried. But anyway, no, I've decided I can't just keep stressing about everything. I am excited for my boyfriend and my best friend to come because they haven't seen each other in ages either. See, the weird thing is with my friendship group is that when I met my boyfriend and me and my best friend became really close again. Like, I feel like when you have... Maybe this isn't the case for everyone, but me and my best friend have been friends since we were, like, three. But the friendship has, like, ebbed and flowed because we've had, like, so many years of friendship, like, 20 years of friendship. Like, there's been moments where we've been really close when we were, like, kids. Then we kind of drifted a little bit in teenagers. Like, we still met up and everything, but we weren't as close. And then when lockdown happened, we got really close because, like, I broke up with my boyfriend, suddenly realised that I had been AWOL for so long and like we just became really close again so at the time we became really close I was also like getting to know my boyfriend and so we kind of all and we were all at home as well and this was like a rare thing like we wouldn't have all been at home normally and so we all got to know each other together which has just meant like from the very get-go with mine and my boyfriend's relationship my best friend has like really known him like she's known him for as long as I've known him like literally I remember it was my birthday night out and my, but no, it wasn't even that. Like, I think I'd known him four weeks, three weeks. And I was like, you need to meet Maya. And once you met Maya, then like, then we'll be good. And I just needed them. I needed that meeting to happen. So I'm excited for us all to be together again. And it's even worked out even nicer because my boyfriend's brother and his girlfriend are in London at the same time. So they're going to come for drinks. And we're going to go to my housemate's pub where she works because it's lovely. There's so many nice pubs in Hackney. Like, I can't wait to have money, guys. I just can't wait to have a wage where I can actually afford to do things because there's so many nice pubs in Hackney and it's going to be lovely and I can go for drinks at the weekend and I am excited. I am really excited. I am excited to start work. I am nervous, like 10 out of 10 nervous, but I am also excited and so (sighs) I just have to maintain that excitement and when I'm in Vietnam I have to remind myself that it's coming. I can't just ignore it like I did when I was in Bali. No point hyper-obsessing over it but also no point really stressing myself out. I mean no point absolutely ignoring it because when I ignore things then I realise that I just forget that things are happening and kind of push things to the back of my mind which is actually very fitting. We're going to talk about this a lot more next week because next week we're talking about endings of eras and dealing with chapters closing but oh a lot of chapters are closing next week and I'm not looking forward to it I'm quite scared being honest very scared quite anxious about it all happening like you know when you're really excited for something to happen and then all of a sudden it's actually happening and it's like you don't get to look forward to that thing anymore like it's not like as soon as we go to Vietnam like we'll have gone and then it we were coming back and then it means we're on to this whole next new chapter which feels so scary and you like I feel like we just got used to being long distance London and Manchester 
and me being at uni, I feel like it's been no time at all since we went to Bali and we're like, fuck, how are we going to do this? And it worked. And now we're in the same position again, but just next week is just going to be... It's like the end of therapy, the end of my master's, the end of my project, the end of being a student, the end of academia. Kind of like the end of this whole big schooling chapter and I know you never stop learning and I know you never kind of that's always going to be a journey and I might end up coming back and doing a PhD and things like that but for so long education has been such like a massive part of my life and something that really like defined what I did and now that's it's time to move on from that and it's time to find a new way to define who I am and what I like doing and it's time to find like my self-worth in other things I think that's such an important thing for me to move on and do, but I am, I didn't realise I was, but I am feeling a bit sad about, like, it's a mixed emotions, it's like happy sad, happy to be done with the project because it's killing me, like, I have got a ganglion cyst, how disgusting is that, it's a cyst in my joints from typing, and I thought it was from when I got the ring stops, because I'm not going to lie, it's like this massive lump in my finger. And I was like, called my mum up and I was like, mum, what is this? I kind of mentioned it in passing, thinking like, what if it's something serious? And she was like, oh, it's a cyst, is it near your joints? And I was like, yeah, she's like, you get them typing too hard. You can't pop it, I've tried, it's really painful to try and pop. So yeah, don't try and do that. But yeah, this mass project has nearly killed me. This master's has been the hardest thing I've ever done. But it's been brilliant and I've met incredible people and I would do it all again. But it's been a hard one and it's just kind of weird to think about all of that that's going now. Like I think I've been so focused on trying to finish the project, so focused on getting to the next step, the next step, the next step. I'm finally at the final step. I'm finally at the one where it's like, oh, it's the end of the road and it feels weird. It does feel weird. It does feel weird. And I do have a pathological, not a pathological, that's the wrong word. I do have a thing about ignoring the ending. So I think up until this podcast recording, I have been ignoring the ending. My therapist keeps trying to force me to think about endings. She's like, remember, we finish next week. This is the end of a chapter, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it ending. I don't want to think about it ending, but we'll be okay. We'll get through it together. I know a lot of us are probably going through endings and changes now and we will do it, it will be alright, it will be alright, and that's the thing, it will honestly be okay, but yeah, god it feels weird to say it out loud that it's all properly coming to an end, I've also realised this week that I need to start cutting myself more slack with working out, that needs to be a thing that I need to start doing more, and I have been, I have been, because basically I just haven't been able to be as healthy, to work out, to be doing my manifestation journey, like I'm not gonna, I just haven't been able to do it, because I don't have, like, you know when people are like, make time for your routine, make time for you. I have not had time to make time for me. I was, I woke up this morning at 7.30. I woke up, I got out of bed, made a coffee and I started work. And since then I started work. I then literally worked till like seven. Then I cleaned the house, cleaned my room, did a wash, cooked dinner, recording the podcast now then I'll record some content and then I'll go to bed like there hasn't been any downtime whatsoever and I felt guilty for not making time for going to the gym today but then I was like I don't have time to do these types of things right now it's not priority and so I've had to be 
cutting myself some slack and noticing that I am trying hard, I'm trying my best, and that's all I can do, you know? You can't fit everything in the day, you only have 24 hours, and that is okay. And it's been hard to kind of realise that, but it is something I have realised, and so I'm proud of myself for doing that, because... I used to push myself so hard and feel so guilty and beat myself up and never celebrate the things I have done. Like today, I finished my final draft of my dissertation. That's massive. That's absolutely major. Yesterday, I had a bit of a stress, though, because I thought graphs were included in the word count and I added up all the words in my graphs and it was 861 words, people. I would have to cut out 700 words. That's a lot of words to cut. Anyway, that wasn't the case. But, yeah... I'm learning to be kinder to myself, and I think this, if anything the Masters has taught me, it's learning to be kinder to myself. But speaking of things that the Masters has taught me, this week's podcast is going to be on everything I have learned in my 22nd year of life. Or is it my 23rd year of life, technically? Technically, it's my 23rd year of life. But I want to share with you the things that I've learned, the things that I've really grown to be my lifelong lessons, things that I think have been things I didn't appreciate or understand before. And I always find, I feel a bit kind of like weird about birthdays sometimes. Like it's, my birthday being in summer, I feel like it's always a very transitional period for me. A lot of things are always changing and it always signifies a very specific chapter within my life. Like I always associate it with very specific activities, especially since like lockdown. Kind of lockdown, I feel like was a fresh start. And it was like when the first summer started to be defined by me and what I wanted to do because I was older. And so now I think back to my summers and each of them defined by a different massive life event. Like last year it was working, this year it will be like the internship and you've got mail getting bigger and this year it's like writing my masters and the year before it was festivals and friendship and the year before it was getting to know my boyfriend and lockdown and it was just the past four years I've had so many things happening in them. I think my birthday definitely signifies a big thing for me in terms of what lessons I've learned. And I've learned a lot this year. And I want to share them all with you so that you don't have to get to your 22nd year of life to learn these things that I'm about to share. Okay, anyway, onto the content part of this week's podcast. So onto the content part for this week's podcast where we are discussing birthdays because tomorrow on the 19th of August, it is my birthday. I'm turning 23 and it's been a big year and I've just, you know, a lot has happened and it feels like literally moments ago that I was recording this episode in my bedroom and that I was about to go to Bali and about to like kind of start the London journey and to be a year in, to be about to finish my master's kind of feels like very cyclical and I'm not going to talk too much about the ending of eras and kind of moving and changing chapters because that's going to be next week's podcast episode but what I am going to say is all of the life lessons that I feel like I've learned along the way this year because there's been quite a few and I feel like it's definitely been a year where I've had to grow and mature I think living again on my own and reminding myself how to be like independent and do all the things that I was used to doing before cooking my own dinners washing, organising my life, and then whilst also doing a master's that has probably been the hardest master's I could have picked ever for me. Like, it's been such a brilliant course, but it's been so hard, and I'm grateful to doing, for myself for doing it, and I've loved the experience of it, but it has really pushed me. And I think there feels definitely like a feeling of relief that I've done it, like that I have actually done it, that I've managed to finish this course because there was definite points where I didn't think I was and I think that's definitely like a 
a big moment when I think back to how much of this year was defined by my master's. But anyway, we're not doing this here to talk about me finishing the master's, which is all I can think about at the moment. We're here to talk about my 23 life lessons, but I don't actually think I have 23. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 life lessons for 23 years feels like, you know, I didn't start learning things until I was 10. So this feels like a perfect number to choose. But I think definitely as you grow up, I don't want to... I saw this TikTok and it was like... Stop doing all of the life lessons by a certain time. You don't have to learn anything by a certain point. And I want to stress this. You don't have to have had any... You don't have to have reached any single milestone. You don't have to feel a certain way about something. You don't have to suddenly have accumulated so much knowledge by the time you reach a certain year. That's not what I'm trying to do with this. I'm just trying to share with you everything that I've learned that I think are key things so that you don't have to learn them along the way. The first thing is voice your opinion because unsaid things become anxiety. And this, I think, was one of my biggest breakthroughs in therapy that I've ever had. It was when I was talking about this constant state of anxiety that I feel in all the time, regardless of what's going on, even if I don't feel like there's stressful things going on. And all of a sudden, I realised so much of this anxiety that I have comes from me not voicing my opinion. It comes from me not actually telling someone how something has made me feel. It comes from me always feeling like I have to make someone else's opinion or someone else's decision or someone else's life easier and that I have to swallow things that make me uncomfortable in order to make them comfortable it's just classic people pleasing but in doing that in not fully articulating what you want and what you need and how you're feeling not only are you then placing unfair expectations on them because you're disappointed when they don't acknowledge what you want and what you need because you think they should because you are doing it to them but you are also making yourself hyper obsess over the fact that you're not able to do that and I've realized when I don't tell someone how I'm feeling about something when something makes me uncomfortable I just think about it over and over and over and over and over again and that can be really tricky and that's not something that is healthy because I just become obsessed with it so the first thing I want you to realize is that you have to start telling people how you feel the honesty is should be an obligation maybe not in all circumstances but I was thinking then about like, you know, when someone wears an outfit that they really love, but it's not necessarily your thing. I'm not sure you should be honest in that situation. Similarly, if someone cooks a lovely, lovely meal, but it's just not your thing and they've spent ages cooking it. I don't think, I don't know if you should be honest in that situation. But anyway, this isn't a conversation about honesty. This is a conversation about making sure that you voice those opinions that you need to voice, that you make sure that you make space for yourself. I think a lot of this comes down to realising this year that there is space in the world for me too. That I am allowed to have feelings and emotions and I'm allowed to express them and I'm allowed to take up space. And as soon as you start voicing that opinion of yours, it all kind of comes into play. You're also not as important as you think you are. And not everyone is talking about you like you think they are. I went through a phase where I really thought like, I don't know why, I just thought that people like talking about me and I just didn't feel very like happy and I just got really overwhelmed with this feeling of thinking that everything was against me until I realised not everything is about me and that people are as focused on their own lives as you are about yours, you know? You are a small drop in the ocean of their life. They are the main character. And I think because you are the main character of your own life, it can be really tricky not to expect you to be the main character of everyone else's life as well. But you forget, they're their own main character. They have so many extra characters and people going on in their lives other than you. So yeah, you're not as important as you think you are. And next time you think that everyone is talking about you, just realise they're probably not. 
there's probably not what's happening and that's important for you to realize because you're going to spend so much time wasting it worrying next thing i've learned don't say you're going to wake up earlier and do it just do it now you're not going to wake up earlier and do it you're going to hate yourself you're going to wake up and be really tired and it's just not going to be a good experience it is always better in my opinion to do things before you go to bed because then you wake up and you don't have to do any jobs and then you have enough time to do it if it takes longer than you think Start seeing working out as an investment for your future self, not just to change the way you look. I think when I started transitioning working out and fitness into kind of, because I think it can be kind of toxic to go into it solely to make you look a different way, because then when you're doing it that way, when you don't start to see the effects, when you don't, when you change how you look, you can then feel really shitty about it and that shouldn't be what exercise is about. Exercise, the main benefit is moving your body and feeling fitter and getting your body fitter. And I think as soon as I started to see health in more of a holistic way, less obsessing about the way it made me look but more focusing on the way it made me feel and thinking about how it's going to make future me feel, that's been the most motivating factor in me wanting to stay consistent. And it's also let me breathe in the sense of like, when I don't have time to fit it in, the whole world isn't going to end. I got quite like obsessive about working out and feeling like I needed to keep pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself but as soon as I started to check myself and ask like you know what why I'm doing this for my future self but right now I can't fit it in and that's okay because it makes me feel good I'm not doing it for the way that it makes me look and that has been something that's been a really beneficial thing that I've started to develop this year but it took time and I think your relationship with fitness and exercise because of the messed up world we live in is complicated and it's not so easy as just to unpack it in that sentence that I just said but I do definitely think if you can start to transition it from the way that it makes you look and doing it for purely not not aesthetic reasons, if you can change it to thinking about how it's going to make your body feel when you're older, that's a much more motivating thing to do. You can do hard things because this year has pushed me. This This has been, there were so many times where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm just really proud of myself for getting to this point of being like, I did it. Like, I didn't think I was smart enough. I had massive imposter syndrome because I'm surrounded by so many massively talented people who are really, really clever. And I was just like, I'm not that clever. Like, I'm just normal. I'm just, like, maybe less than normal. I'm quite, like, chatty and... I don't take things that seriously and I have ADHD which just means my brain goes all over so I find it hard to concentrate and I just didn't think I was that like smart enough to be here but I did it and I got here and the way that I got through it was thinking you just have to put one foot in front of the other you just have to keep going one foot in front of the other followed by the next foot followed by the next foot and you will get to your end destination it might take time but you will get there you don't have to be at breaking point to ask for help which is something that I think quite links on to that one because you can do hard things, but you have to recognise that those hard things might push you. And when they push you, it is okay to ask for help. And it doesn't have to be the absolute worst case scenario. When I joined therapy, it wasn't actually the worst case scenario. I joined it initially and then I didn't follow up on the appointment for a couple of months. And then I made myself follow up on the appointment and I got counselling and... It's been the best thing I could have ever done. It's made me feel so much calmer and clear-headed and I'm so, so grateful for having that opportunity and it's something I would really, really recommend. Next thing 
is realising that closing people off doesn't make a situation better. Because I really thought it might. I really thought that... I thought I could control the situation and control my emotions and control my how I was feeling if I just didn't tell anyone how I was feeling. I thought that by keeping all of those things inside and keeping them kind of just to myself, then I wouldn't have to... I wouldn't have to talk about it. I thought I could avoid it. I thought keeping things inside, it meant that I could avoid it. And they slowly realise that that's not the case. People pick up when you're not telling them how you're feeling. People pick up when they're not okay and they are there to help you. And it doesn't make it better. For so many times I've tried to just ignore a problem and I'm slowly realising how bad that is. Because once you air a problem, it might not get better straight away, but at least you don't feel on your own with it. Because so many problems that I've had have been made so much worse by me feeling like I'm totally isolated. And all of a sudden I realised I'm not isolated. I'm surrounded by incredible people and that was really important for me to realise. Sorry to interrupt the content podcast episode, but I just got an email back from my supervisor and she said my project's really good. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Anyway, sorry, a little bit distracted today because this project is genuinely been the bane of my life for my past six months of my life. And she said it's really good and it doesn't need any major revisions. I'm going to cry. Anyway, my next point, these don't really go together, but realising that health and fitness will go through phases and that's okay. That sometimes you're going to want to run. Sometimes you're going to train for a half marathon. Sometimes you're going to be a potato, okay? All of these different types of exercising flows that you go through are all related to how much you have going on in your life. Right now I have so much going on in my life, so it's really unfair to hold myself to these expectations that I'm going to be able to act the exact same as I am now. I'm not going to be able to. And so realizing that it's all right to go through ebbs and flows it's all right to try new things it's all right to leave running I haven't run in ages but it doesn't mean that I can't go back to it and I think one of my biggest things about health and fitness in the past year that I've realized is that these phases are normal and okay and if anything they're good because you can't maintain a really high level of fitness all the time well I can't like I can't I have too much going on and there's other priorities in my life and to be honest like sometimes fitness is just going to have to be the one that takes the hit for some people, it's other things, but I have the podcast to do, I have work to do, I have my job. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is the things that I think are the most important. And because I've prioritised different things, it means health and fitness sometimes isn't going to be the one. And that's okay. Sometimes you don't hate everyone and everything. Sometimes you're just going to start your period. Has been a, a firm one. I went through a phase where I thought my housemates hated me, hated me. I thought my boyfriend hated me. I thought my best friends hated me. I thought my family hated me. No. Because guess what happened? Two days later, my period started. So starting to learn more about... I feel like I've been seeing so many people talking about how they want to learn more about their periods and like learning their different phases and everything. But because I'm on like birth control, I just can't really learn about these things. Like It's not really going to have an impact on me and I'm not going to come off the coil because that thing was traumatic to have in. I feel like I've had the coil... I've had all three now. I've had the coil, I've had the implant and I've had the pill. And... Maybe we should do a podcast episode on which ones I think are the best. Not that my opinions are right or wrong, but I can just tell you the pros and cons of everything because I've had each of them for quite a while. I had the implant for two years, I had the pill for three years, and I have had the coil now for one year. And so I feel like I can tell you all about it, but because of that, that kind of means my periods aren't regular and so I can't really do the different phases. I don't really feel like it... Oh, wait, no, maybe I can. I don't understand it because apparently I don't ovulate with the coil, but 
you don't have a period, but the hormones are very, like, localised, so it doesn't go in your bloodstream, so it doesn't give you, like, the implant does, because the implant is in your arm, so the hormones go everywhere. So that one used to make me feel a lot more anxious, which is really interesting. But anyway, yeah, you don't hate the world, you're just going to start your periods. Just be kind to yourself on those days. Learning to take care of myself when I am feeling shitty has been such a big step forward. Learning not to push myself, learning to look after myself like I am a child when I am feeling shitty. God does loads for your mental health, makes me feel so much better, makes the world not feel like it's about to end. And on that kind of moment of thinking the world's not about to end, realise that every emotion isn't always going to be logical. There is not always going to be a reason to everything that you do. For so long, I used to kind of think that the way I was feeling wasn't rational and wasn't okay because there wasn't a logical reason behind it. And this was something that really bothered me because I used to think that there wasn't a logical reason behind it then... What was that? Then I used to think that I didn't have the kind of like I wasn't valid in feeling that way. But since realising that through therapy, emotions happen. Okay, there's not always going to be a reason as to why it's happening. But just letting yourself ride that wave, letting yourself go through the motions of that feeling is going to be so beneficial to your mental health. Because I think when you are feeling a certain way and you're putting yourself in so much pressure to then feel a certain way and to solve it a certain way, you're putting more pressure on the situation, which isn't going to help anything. So one of the best things I've realised is realising that not every emotion has to be logical. And in realising that, it's made me be so much kinder to myself. And I think this is what this year has really taught me ultimately, is I've become so much more compassionate about who I am. I've become so much more better able to see myself as a person and actually be kind to myself actually listen to how I'm feeling, actually look after myself. And I think that's something that's invaluable. Okay, guys, we're on the last three life lessons. No one cares what you did last night as long as you didn't hurt anyone. Don't stress. Don't waste time being hungover and anxious. No one cares, okay? No one's thinking about it. You are not the main character of everyone's lives. Back to what I said, you're not as important as you think you are. Stop stressing about it. As long as you didn't hurt anyone, everyone's absolutely fine. You got drunk. Everyone's been drunk before. You are not going to be the most embarrassing drunk person ever, unless you are, and then, you know, not. <laughs> I want to know what you did. But everything is going to be okay. It's not the end of the world like you think it is. You're just hungover. Get yourself outside, go for a walk, see the fresh air, and also realise that drinks fix a hangover, not food. Not food. Food makes you feel sick drinks is what fixes a hangover get yourself a lucasade get yourself an orange juice get yourself a chocolate milkshake the three the holy trinity you've got fresh you've got fizzy you've got sweets that's what i need to get me through a hangover not food food will make you feel okay food can't happen until about 3 p.m and i think they're my most important things i've realized this year as a person who severely struggles with hangovers severely severely struggles with hangovers and i don't know why mum says it's because i have small ears which means you have a small liver and maybe that's the reason because i do have tiny ears and tiny little fingers literally they are tiny and again that's all to do with your liver size apparently but my final life lesson that i think maybe is the most important thing i've learned this year is that it takes time to heal And it takes time for things to work out. And it takes time for your brain to process and understand things. And it takes time for your brain to let go of what you went through. But you will. I think for so long I used to hold on to things that really hurt me. And I finally realised this year that I have to let it go. Because I'm really giving myself such a hard time by focusing on these things that haven't worked out. 
and by focusing on the things that haven't worked out, that's so such a lost mindset because I'm ignoring everything that has. And so this is probably one of the biggest things, other than being kind to myself, but realising that things do take time to work out, but you will get there. Time will heal everything, you know? Time moves on. Maybe not everything. I'm not saying, like, really, really, really traumatic things here. I'm talking about less traumatic things, like, more normal things, if that makes sense. I don't want to kind of be thinking you lot are thinking. I'm talking, like, like proper big things that have happened in people's lives. But maybe even then time will help. But I'm talking about smaller things. But it does take time to heal from people who hurt you. But you will heal. And everything will be okay in the end. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's podcast. So the first question. How do you balance time with your boyfriend worrying about spending too much slash too little with him? Hmm, this one's tricky because I'm long distance. So I always feel like I managed to carve out that time for myself. But I think when it's something that we're both living in the same place, it's something I have to be like quite strict about because I've realised that I get very comfortable spending a lot of time with him. Because it's just like, it's easy, it's nice. You end up hanging out way more and I feel like you you just have to be proactive with it. And I think the way I balance time and making sure that I spend enough time with everyone is purposefully making plans even sometimes if inside like I don't really want to if that makes sense like I do obviously I want to see them but I feel like it feels sometimes I think you just get into a bit of a rut sometimes being with your boyfriend all the time in the sense of you stop pushing yourself to go meet new people and you get very comfortable and when you are feeling that comfortable feeling it's then harder to push yourself and be like no you know what I'm gonna meet someone else I'm gonna go for coffee and it always ends up being such a lovely time but I think you just have to push yourself out of that zone of being with the boy with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever you're with all of the time and so the way that I balance it is like making a proactive effort to make plans and you know deep down when you've spent too much time with someone when you're avoiding people like I knew this weekend when I was spending too much time with my boyfriend and I needed to make time to see my family and I think your gut feeling you know when you're spending too much time so just kind of listening to that gut feeling and realizing that it's really important that you do spend time away from each other it's really important for you to maintain an identity outside of the relationship to keep knowing who you are to keep knowing what you're doing and Worrying like you're spending too much time with your boyfriend probably means that you're needing to carve out some more time on your own. And this is the thing. It's not just about making sure that you see other people and spend time with other people, but it's also about making sure that you're spending time on your own, that you're giving yourself time to check in with yourself, to work out how you're doing, to process what's going on in your life, you know? These things are all really important, and I think that's why it's so crucial that you make sure that you carve out this time with yourself. And I think the way that you balance it is, again, timetabling, okay? Being strict with yourself is really important. Okay, next question. I love the podcast, tips on taking the plunge and moving to London. I think it helps if you have a bit of a plan. I think it could be quite easy just to think you're going to move here. But the thing is with London is that there's a lot of unseen expenses and hidden expensive that can end up really adding up and so before I came here I saved up quite a lot of money I'm not gonna lie I worked really hard to save up like a big stash of money and so I could use that for my rent whilst I was here throughout doing my master's I mean it's a bit different because as I say I was doing my master's and so I wasn't going to be really earning an income and so I saved I think it was like 13,000 pounds and saved that and moved to London with it and that's paid my rent for the past year And I think that has made London 
kind of a stress off my shoulders is knowing that you have that money to pay for things. I think that's the biggest tip I have for learning moving to London is the money thing is what stops most people and what ends up being the reason why most people can't stay here because it is so expensive. So you need to have a plan. You need to work out how you're going to be able to afford it. Well, I feel like I would need to have a plan. Some people don't. Some people are just able to do things straight away, but I worry too much about things. And so for me, it was really important that I knew I could afford to live here for the time being. And that's why I was so stressed about getting a job because I knew I couldn't afford to live here anymore. Like my savings, they're not there anymore. I've spent them all literally on rent and bills and living. And so I think that's why it was so stressful when I needed to find a job. But work out how you can afford it, make a plan of how you can afford it and then stick that plan, whether it's saving, whether it's getting a job, whatever it is, just make the plan. Second thing is, I've been so lucky with my housemates that they've become some of my best friends. Like, love them, I love them so much and that's such a rare thing to find and I realise that not everyone gets that and that isn't the norm, like that's the tricky thing, it's just not the norm. But I think spare room and going with housemates is something that's really helpful when going to London because the other thing about London, it is expensive and it can be quite a lonely city. There's a lot of people everywhere all the time and everyone seems to have these incredible friendship groups and know so many people. But it can actually be quite isolating because you're not always put in these situations where you are able to meet people. And so one of the really important things that I'm glad I did because I was going to go for a studio flat was go with housemates because instantly then you've got friends, you've got people to hang out with, you've got people that you want to be with and you've got people to meet other people through, you know? And that's been something that I'm really grateful for. So spare room was a godsend. There's Facebook groups, whatever you want to do for it. But going with housemates, that definitely helps. So work out how you can afford it. Work out who you're going to live with. And then at some point you have to realise that regardless of what stage you're at in your life, it's going to be scary and you just have to do it. But I think the thing I knew about London is I always felt very comfortable here. I always felt like this was somewhere that I wanted to live. And so when I moved here, I've just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I remember my first weekend here, I took myself on like this massive walk and I walked from Tower Bridge all the way to Buckingham Palace. And I was like, I live here now. This is the best thing in the entire world. So it is great. Like living in London is brilliant. I'm not going to lie. It's really great. And I love it so much. I'm just a little bit stressed right now. And that's why I'm not doing the fun London that everyone else is doing. But it is brilliant. And you will have the best time. So you just have to realise it's always going to be a little bit scary. But you just have to do it. Okay, the next question is fear of being unsuccessful. I think you have to define what success means to you and redefine it in a sense. Because to be successful to one person could be earn a lot of money. To another person it could be have lots of friends. To one person it could be have loads of followers on social media. And to one person it could just be to be happy. You know? I think a lot of this fear about being unsuccessful for me stems from how I think that's going to make me view to other people. And kind of feeling like I need to... Like I need to get the masters. I need to get the degree. I need to be successful in this in order to prove my worth. And so I think a lot of the fear of being unsuccessful, you more need to unpack what's my confidence in myself and who am I? You know, what is so bad about being unsuccessful? Why am I not good enough on my own? And unpacking those types of questions, I think, is really helpful because it gets you to start to kind of work out who you are and what you need to do, and it makes you slowly realise that you are enough without all of these things that you're doing to be successful. Just you as a baseline is enough. I promise it is. And so I think the fear of being unsuccessful, it more comes about unpacking why you think you need to be successful. 
Why do you need to push yourself further? Why do you not think you are worthy just as you are? And these things you do to succeed aren't anything to do with your self-worth or who you are. They don't put you in a fearful position. They don't make you unsafe. They just allow you to experience the world in different ways and it's exciting. Like I feel like success should be an added bonus but just standards should just be neutral, if that makes sense. It shouldn't be pros, it shouldn't be a negative thing, if that makes sense. Okay, next question. How to deal with family not accepting you, treating you different than siblings? That's really tricky, because the family situation can be really tricky. I'm really lucky that my parents are, they've always been like very equal and very like kind and caring. And so I can't directly relate to that situation. But I think... There's a song, isn't it? The Harry Styles one, the Matilda. Where it's like, you can pick your own... Well, I can't remember the lyrics, but it's something, it goes along the lines of, like, you can choose your family. And I think that's something that's really important to realise is that the family you have don't have to be the family you keep. You can choose the people to surround yourself. You deserve to surround yourself with the most incredible people who make you feel loved and welcome and safe and accepted and who celebrate your wins. And... I'm not saying ditch your family, but I'm saying you will find other people who support you as you deserve. And I think dealing with your family not accepting you, I can only imagine how hard that is. I can only imagine how tough that would be. But if I was in that situation, it's hard to give advice on that because my family do accept me and I don't want to kind of speak on something that I don't really have experience with because I think these things are really, really important. And they can have a lot of an impact. But I think I would find comfort in the knowledge of if my family weren't accepting of me. And that at some point in my life, I'll create my own family who will be accepting of me. Whether it be friends, whether it be your own like little family that you then create. Whether you have children or you don't have children. You know, whether you become a parent. You will find a family that accepts you. You already have one here with the podcast, you know. And I think that's something that... I hope you take comfort from realising that you just you can decide to surround yourself with incredible people and they can matter just as much in your life as the people who are related to you by blood. That's what I'm trying to say. There we go. Sorry, I'm tired and so my brain's a bit slow. But that's it. You get to pick who you surround yourself with and you get to choose the family you can have and so make sure you choose other people to surround yourself with who really, really love you. Okay, last question... We'll do two more. Spill some tea. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I live a pretty drama-free life. I love all my friends. Like, I don't really have drama and gossip and tea to spill. Like, I just really love my friends. And I love my family and my boyfriend and everyone. And, like, if I ever have an issue with anyone, I just talk to them about it. And we resolve it. Because, you know, drama and everything feels so interesting and everything when you're younger. But you actually realise that it's really stressful. And you should be surrounding yourself with people that you want to grow the relationship with, not people that you want to, you know, fight with and gossip about. To my friend, I don't really have anything. I, I don't I don't have anything. I've just realised I have this shell that I got from Bali and it looks like a whale's tail and I think it's my favourite shell I own. But I don't know what type of animal it is. Maybe it is an animal. No, I don't think it is. It looks like a shell. Oh, I can't wait to go to Vietnam. I'm so excited. Imagine if there's whales. There isn't whales in Vietnam. But if there was, I would definitely be seeing them. Last question. How are you doing mentally? I'm exhausted. I'm literally exhausted. I've never felt this tired in my entire life. I'm probably at like a minus three. 
but I'm okay. I'm just clinging on. I'm just tired, but I'm doing okay. I'm okay. That's the only word I can describe. Like, I I am fine. Nothing dramatically awful is happening, and... I'm on track and I'm going to Vietnam. Like, I'm very lucky. There's loads of good things happening in my life, but I'm so tired. I've never felt this tired before. But anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. So on to the new things that I've done this week. So the main new thing is I went to go see Oppenheimer on Friday in the IMAX. So good. I loved it so much. I had just found out that I needed to read my entire dissertation. Then I went in and watched this entire like very sciencey film. It was like intense music and like studying really, really hard. And I walked out of it and I was like, Louis. I am gonna smash this. I I felt like I went into I entered into a new brain zone. I was like, I was coding so quick. And so that film was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Going to see it in the IMAX as well. Couldn't understand why my boyfriend was so like determined on us watching it in the IMAX. Totally getting now. The screen size has something to do with the way that it's filmed, and apparently that matters. I didn't really get it, but it meant we got to watch it in really high definition, blah, 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 blah. And it was so good. Would definitely recommend. Also watch Barbie. I've given you guys my thoughts on Barbie. Like, it was a good film. I liked it. I just think I set my expectations too high. I set myself up for failure, you know? And that was a bit of an issue. I've carried on reading Chavs and it's really good. It's got, I got past the intro because the intro is more chatty. Whereas now, I wasn't sure how easy it would be to read. But it's really easy to read and it's definitely got better. The first part was had the hardest and so I'm pleased about that. Other new things I've done this week. Oh, what have I decided to start watching? I've decided there's three series that I'm going to watch when I'm in, um, in Vietnam. I want to watch Euphoria. I want to watch... Oh, no, I was going to say... I don't think I'm going to watch Games of Thrones, you know. I don't think I have the attention span for it. I've already given up on The Summer I Turned Pretty because I just don't have the headspace to watch it right now. It started making me quite anxious and so I had to stop watching it and I'm just such a child. I'm literally a baby. I need to get a grip. It's aimed at 16-year-olds. But I haven't been watching that and I need to get back into it because it was good. I'm trying to work out what books to bring on holiday with me. I think I'm going to bring my Kindle and so then I can read loads and loads and loads and loads of books because last time I ended up buying four books at the airport and I had to just carry them around with me the entire trip. It was so stupid but my mum's given me lessons in chemistry and it's meant to be really, really good. It's about this female chemist science I don't know too much about it but she said it was brilliant so I'm excited to listen to that no watch that and then other new things I've done this week oh finished my dissertation I've written so many words I've coded so many things I've thought about so many different issues and I'm so proud of myself I'm so proud of myself but anyway I need to go and record some content and do a workout and then get in the shower and then the whole day starts again which is you know pretty constant but anyway thank you for being here it makes my day and I love you so so much if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast make sure you do it at the top not the paid subscription although if you do want to do the paid subscription then you can come and join the very very I was gonna say I don't know what the right word is like close-knit circle inner sanction. I don't know if that's the right word either, but come and join that where we talk every week about self-growth and boosting and no, self-growth, boosting ourselves up, making ourselves grow into the best possible versions of ourselves. I love you loads and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod and I'll speak to you soon. (gasps) The next podcast I will give you will be when I've finished.
when everything is finished. And that'll be an emotional one for sure. I'm defo going to cry in that. Obviously, I'm going to cry. I might do it from uni. I might do the last podcast episode from uni. Oh, I'm going to cry. I hate goodbyes. Oh, I feel quite sad about it. Anyway, no time for sadness. Got to keep going. I love you and I'll speak to you next week. Bye.